I'm Cheryl Zapata with Texas Back Institute in Plano, Texas, and today we have Dr. Stephen Hochschuler joining us. Thanks for joining us on this podcast today, Dr. Hochschuler. Um, today we're here to talk about the history of Texas Back Institute, and Dr. Hochschuler, can you tell us a little bit about your medical background? Absolutely. I went to college at Columbia College in New York, graduated in 1964. I thereafter went to medical school at Harvard and Boston, graduated in 68, spent three years in general surgery, then had to go into the military, spent two years in the United States Air Force, was sent to Wichita Falls, Texas, which made me become a Texan. I trained, cross-trained in orthopedic surgery at Southwestern Medical School here in Dallas and uh, set up the spine program there while I was there. And then in 1976, 77, I got Ralph Rashbaum, who had been with me in the military in 71, to move back down here from Philadelphia where he was training and to join me, teach me what he'd learned while he was gone, and we'd work together. And that's how we started. Tell me a little bit about Dr. Rashbaum and your relationship with him. Absolutely. Uh, I met him in 1971 uh, at Shepherd Air Force Base in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, I must say I I enjoyed him from the start. Uh, He was one of 11 physicians I had working for me, and uh, he was so good I asked him to take care of uh, the, the airmen. So he had his own clinic, and I gave him a few physicians to run it. I just told him I never wanted to hear from him, and in all honesty, I didn't. He did a great job. I also had the responsibility of running the general medical office of clinic as well as the emergency room. So it was a chance to kind of uh, use my organizational skills and run those three departments in what I hoped would be pretty efficient. And then I won a, a medal from the Air Force for having done all this and Rashbaum's convinced it was his medal. So we have it hanging in our office, and he always tells people that's really his medal because he did all the work. There you go. And you have another story about Dr. Rashbaum um, and when you guys first met, right? Well, I'm sorry you brought that up, but (laughs) yes, I do. Uh, When I first met him, he was coming out of what's called the BX, which is like the PX. People probably know PX better than BX. And I was walking in, and uh, there was one night while you were through your training, uh, and everybody trained who went into the military as a physician or went into the Air Force as a physician uh, at, in Wichita Falls, and then they were sent all over the world. But I trained there as at Rashbaum uh, and stayed there. Um, it's not the greatest place in terms of the uh, climate, but the people there are fantastic. So it turned out I really liked being there. In any event, he was walking out, I'm walking in, and you had to wear for one night only in your two years in the military, a uh, like a tuxedo, but it was called a mess dress. And Rashbaum knew that, and as he's walking out, he says, hey, Captain, uh, do you have a mess dress? And I said, no, I don't. And there was no sense in buying a new mess dress, so in essence, uh, he offered to sell me his. At the time, he was 155 pounds, I was about 170, 180. Are you sure it's going to fit me, I asked. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, my fault. I didn't try it. I took it. The night we had to wear it, I put it on. I could hardly move my arms. So, it's very difficult to eat dinner when you can't move your arms. That's absolutely true. That's great. 
Well, so back to spine, can you tell me a little bit about what spine surgery looked like in the 1970s? It was pretty limited. Uh, there were some people doing uh, deformity surgery, like scoliosis, but all they had was something called a Harrington rod. And the Harrington rod, if we look at it as of today, it's kind of primitive, but that's what they had. So you either put, and usually women, young, young women, get scoliosis, and sometimes you have to put them in a cast right, from, right underneath their neck all the way down to their pelvis. Wow. And not very well, you know, you didn't like being treated with that. Uh, so that was the state at that time. We did know what a herniated disc was, but we didn't know a lot. Uh, none of the instruments, none of the implants, nothing like an artificial disc, nothing like robotics, nothing like the things we have helped develop, Texas Back Institute's helped develop through the years, existed. So that was one of the enchantments, one of the excitement, because we were in fresh territory. And we were looking forward to getting involved, helping to develop things. And I'm proud to say uh, we've been involved, Texas Back Institute, in the last close to 40 years in every development in spine, from developing the MRI scan to robotics to bringing the artificial disc to the U.S., you name it, we've been there. There was one more founding member of Texas Beck Institute as well, right? Yes, absolutely. And that was? Dr. Geyer, Dr. Richard Geyer. And when I was rotating through my second residency at Parkland, he rotated through, and Dr. Geyer's, I think, about six, eight years younger than me in Rashbaum. And so he rotated through there and then wound up going to where Rashbaum was in Pennsylvania, training with similar people. But he came back and initially he was going to, wanted to be a total joint to a hip or knee surgeon. And we convinced him not to do that and we sent him out on fellowships uh, with people we had known and trained. One was Leon Wiltsey in LA, who's no longer alive, but a wonderful man. And the other was uh, a, uh, one of the best spine surgeons out there uh, up in Cleveland, who Rashbaum had likewise trained with. So we knew how he was trained. Uh, we, uh, we took him into practice a year later. He spent six months with each. And then he with us with the NIDAS for forming the Texas Back Institute. So we have three guys who know each other real well and have worked together and they are uh, really going to go into an area that has so much exploration that can be done and so much work that can be done. How did you come up with the philosophy of Texas Back at that time? We recognize that having a back problem is multifactorial. A lot of things influence you. So if indeed you have a back problem, and it's just a few days, despite how hard it, how bad it hurts, you can kind of live with it. When it goes on to weeks, it affects you. If it goes on for months, you know, let's just take an average patient. Uh, you're not working. Uh, you did have work comp if you got injured, but it doesn't pay a lot. You can't make car payments. You can't make truck payments. You can't make house payments. It affects your whole life. Uh, your wife's wondering, why aren't you going back to work? Or your husband's wondering, why are you not going back to work? It affects the whole family. So we recognized you had to deal with everything. You had to deal with things that sound simple, but the insurance company. How do you get something paid for? It, how's the patient going to live while you're waiting? Can you treat him conservatively because you're not going to jump in to do an operation? So will he still get his payments? 
Will his industry have a job for him when he comes back? And also recognizing on the industry side, uh, you know, you have a, a key employee out. How long can you afford to work without that employee returning to work? So we learned all sorts of things like uh, part-time work, uh, part-time anything. Keep, get yourself dressed in the morning because you get very depressed if you don't get up and have something to do. So it really was a learning experience. How do you deal with the whole patient? How do you deal with his family? How do you deal with his or her employment? And it was a learning curve. Today, we know a lot more than when we started 40 years ago. And because we've been on such a learning curve, and we've done it through what I like to say evolution, not revolution. So we evolved. We learned what was important. Not every decision you make is going to work. And so we won and lost. But one of the greatest things, and Rash Guy and I really pride ourselves, our friendship and our professional association is more important than any success or failure. And consequently, nothing you can build, I don't care what the industry, is always going up. You're going to have ups and downs, and it's how you deal with both. You've got to deal with egos. You've got to deal with talent. You've got to do all sorts of things. And with us, we've tried to bring the best of the best. So I've always felt I want to bring in much smarter people than myself. Uh, believe it or not, it makes you look better. And you learn. That's and true. I always want to learn. And that was our philosophy. We never were concerned about protecting turf. A lot of doctors are going to bring in a new doctor. They're worried, what's going to happen to my business? Well, guess what? The only way you're going to grow is to think the next step, bring in people who might on the short term affect your business, but if you have the vision, you know where you're going, then you know the steps to get there or you try. Right. One of the things you mentioned was conservative care treatments. Could you talk a little bit about how you incorporated that philosophy into Texas Back Institute, uh, which was basically a spine surgery practice at the time, right? That's the way we started. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you try to treat the whole patient, you don't start with surgery, unless it's an emergency. There are few things that are truly an emergency. Despite when you get your back pain, which as you know I've had, uh, it feels like somebody's sticking you with a cattle prod. So it's not a very good feeling. However, there are a lot of things you do before you try surgery, or I shouldn't say try, or you administer surgery. And many patients get better on their own. I've been wrong many times where I felt, oh, this patient's going to require surgery, but I wait. I treat him with injections. I treat him with physical therapy, chiropractic, uh, all different things. Psychology, calm him down. Um, people get depressed. I mean, I can tell you, you have back pain for three months. That becomes chronic pain. Chronic pain's a totally different animal, and you've got to calm the patient down. It's easier today when I started. When I started, there were no real drugs to calm somebody down and give them a better attitude. I mean, you were depressed, you were, you were depressed. Right. Nowadays, you can deal with depression both through psychology, psychiatry, but pharmacology and medication. So we learned they were all important in the holistic, which is a word used all the time now, approach to medical care. And we applied that. One of my uh, classmates in, in medical school is Andrew Weil, who's Mr. Holistic Medicine. And we happen to be practicing in the spine world, but we have the same vision. Our goal was to be the American Heart Association of the Spine, 
educate people, prevent back injuries with proper ergonomics, proper lifting, standing, pushing, pulling, you name it, core strengthening, all the stuff you could avoid back injuries with if you were careful. I know that Texas Back Institute has been very involved in research as well, is that correct? Absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, I think our research organization has been around almost 30 years. And we decided uh, initially our goal was to be the most academic private practice of spine in the world. I'm happy to say we are. Uh, We're known, everybody in the world knows the Texas Back Institute, and that was not by chance. Our goal was to get there, our goal was to teach, to be on the podium, to write papers, to edit books, to train spine surgeons, and you don't do that overnight. With it comes research, because the people we wanted needed to be educators, needed to be kind of entrepreneurs, willing to think of new processes, develop new implants, and we really have been involved in everything that's been around or developed in the last 40 years. And with that comes research. So if there's a new procedure, then we get taught. We send our doctors any place they need to go to learn. Once they learn, they come back, and then we might do a clinical trial with the FDA. Along with that, when we first started, we had slides. A lot of your audience won't know what slides are. But you, know, <laughs> you now have PowerPoint. Yeah. And we did slides. We even got very involved in the IT world. So when we first started PowerPoint, you didn't have voice overlay. So a fellow who just rejoined us, I'm very proud, uh, Dilip Sangupta, was with us 26 years ago. He left, went to Dartmouth, spent time there, just came back this December. Well, Dilip and I spent every night for a month in my basement, believe it or not, I had a basement here in Dallas. Wow. And we went over voice overlay for PowerPoint, and you had to coordinate it. That was pretty innovative back then. It was unreal. And we presented a North American Spine Society meeting like their 10th anniversary. Everybody was blown away. How did they do it? Now it sounds like you're simple-minded if you don't know how to do it voice over PowerPoint. Trust me, it was tough enough to do PowerPoint in those days. We used to have slides. We had thousands of dollars worth of slides. Guess what happened? Worthless. Everything's PowerPoint now and it's much better. Right. So you've really come a long way, not just in the field of, you know, taking spine surgery, you know, from kind of a general spine issue to really being able to pinpoint, you know, what's going on with that patient and what the right treatment is and that kind of thing but also in terms of technology, in terms of research. Absolutely. And that's what keeps it exciting. So people meet with me and uh, they say, how do you still do it? Because every day is enjoyable. So I'm always thinking, what's next? And you know, as, as you move on, uh, the younger guys have different talents, perhaps better talents. So you've got to be willing, it's almost the same as willing to bring in smarter people than yourself. You've got to recognize you have people with different talents and let them grow and you don't have to do everything yourself. And I'll tell you, for an egomaniac spine surgeon, (laughs) which most of of us are, uh, it's it's important to be able to do that. Right. Well, and, and in a lot of ways, I call you the idea man. You always have a lot of ideas. Probably too many. I have to tell people if I work with them, you stay focused because I'll get you off focus real fast. There you go. All right, so what makes Texas Back Institute different today? 
uh, a lot of what's the same. So we're always on the cutting edge. We're always involved. I just came back from a spine meeting, which is a very fascinating group because it's kind of the thought leaders in Cabo uh, in Mexico. And, you know, it's no holds barred. And uh, three of us were down there. Uh, so we have representation all over. While we were there, other partner was up in uh, uh, San Francisco, again at a different meeting. Uh, we have partners who are in China, partners in Brazil. I mean, our partners travel all over the world because we're always invited to lecture, be on the podium, uh, and help, you know, run a forum. So what's different is that we're every place. Uh, we weren't every place when we started. Right. We're every place. Uh, almost any publication that comes out, there's an interview with one of our doctors who's an expert in that area. Uh, and whenever there's a new project, so it sounds so crazy, but the multi-axial CT of the spine, we were the second place in the country to have that. We helped develop the MRI for the spine. And I'll tell you how smart I am, I didn't think it would work. So it tells you. Wow. Uh, you name it. We brought the artificial disc to this country. We've been very involved in spine motion. We had one of the first fellowships. We trained over 120 spine fellows, and they're all over the U.S. We get visitors from China all the time. Right. Uh, we're doing projects in China. We're doing projects in South Africa, and we're asked all the time to help set up a back institute. I personally was involved with Tri-City Medical Center in uh, Oceanside, California, and, you know, it's not only fun, it is fun to help people set something up in a different geography, but it builds new relationships. And so then we'll do research with these groups in China, in South Africa. So I just see continued growth. So 15 years from now, hopefully I'm still here, we'll still be growing. You know, you said something earlier when you and I were talking. You said you were talking about the fact that not only do people come here, but that spine surgeons and even some of your management team go other places to see how spine is being done. Would you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think education is very important for everybody. Uh, patience, for sure. And we, oh God, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, we put together teaching tapes to teach a patient, what is this? What's a laminectomy, discectomy? What's a, a myelogram? What's this? What's that? And it was very successful. Nowadays, you can go to the internet for that. And we've helped in develop internet sites. Personally, I've helped build spine-health.com, which now gets something like 20 million page views a month. Well, I'm very proud of that. Uh, did we ever figure out a revenue model for that? No, but it doesn't matter. We're educating people, and that's important. Um, we're, we're involved in, in all of that. We, I was at a meeting where you were at, Cheryl, in Chicago, and six or seven of our you know, administrative people were there. Well, why? Because they were talking about where's spine going? What's happening? Now, you know, egocentrically, I could say we knew most of this. Didn't matter. We got to, if you get one idea at a meeting, it's worth going to. I agree. Alrighty, well, Dr. Hochschuler, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. For more information about Dr. Hochschuler and the Texas Back Institute, please visit www.texasback.com. Uh, Dr. Hochschuler is an orthopedic spine surgeon at the Texas Back Institute, and he specializes in low back pain treatments. For an appointment, you can call us toll-free at 1-800-247-BACK. And again, thank you, Dr. Hochschuler. My pleasure. Thank you.